Ah, yes. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another edition of Kent and the Steering Team. Once again, you're joined by myself, Phil, and my good mate, my dearest mate, Drew. Aww. How are you, Drew? I'm good. That was very sweet. Excellent. Aww. Excellent. Oh, of course, of how, course. How are today. you? I'm well, thank you, of course, because today is the day of St. Valens... Valens? Valentine? <laughs> Valentine, the guy. St. Valentine. Um, yeah, look, yes. I, I, of course, unfortunately, Kent can't be with us. He's uh, off tiptoeing in the tulips with me. My best uh, Tiny Team impression right there, just for you all. You sang. <laughs> Enjoy it. You sang on the show. <laughs> yeah, but in, but no, but I put a voice on. Me singing it would be me singing. I sang as Tiny Tim. It's different, different. It's different, different vibe. Sure, sure. Mm. Anyway, on with the show. Um, yes, so you're well, you're well today, Mr. Drew? I'm I'm the same as always. I'm keen for another another episode filled with fun and frivolity, and a bit of Phil. Yes, of course, a bit of the mm. soon-to-be birthday boy. Well, actually, in uh, of course, because we're co- recording this a little bit late. Uh, in what's that? Thirteen minutes, I will be a year older. Yes. Officially. Well. Not to the hour, but to the day a year older. You'll you'll be pleased to know that I got you exactly what you wanted for your birthday. Nothing? Precisely. Thank you very much. You, I appreciate that. I know. You are most welcome. I, Thank I you. did it with all sincerity. Well, I, I asked and you've clearly delivered. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Only the best for you. <laughs> the best nothing for you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I got you the same, so... I know, it was so perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly... It's it's funny, it's literally exactly what we asked for, both of us. Can't be disappointed. <laughs> no, exactly, I'm thr- we're thrilled. Yes, Again, it's like it's like it's like the, the joy of being pessimistic. You oh. can't be disappointed. Because basically, you either get exactly what you expected, or you're pleasantly surprised. Hey? It's, a, it's a win-win. Mm, exactly. Uh, on today's show, a um, little bit of Game of Thrones conversation. Um, okay. Not news, just conversation. Yes. Uh, following on from our topic of it or discussion about it last week. Um, a little bit of what I was thinking, maybe Australian television shows. Of course, we've discussed it about 43 times, but, you know, because we've got short memories or I've got a small mind, um, I've clearly forgotten that we discuss, uh, have discussed it. So, uh, yes, maybe we discuss a little bit of that. I'm talking Kath and Kim's, I'm talking All Aussie Adventures, I'm talking... You know, that kind of thing. I've, I've got a um, few. I've got a few that spring to mind that we can dredge up. Excellent. Good. 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 Yes. And then, of course, you've got some news on some NASA news because they both start with N. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that much later in the show because, of course, we'll also discuss um, again some some television related news slash on screen pop culture kind of news in um, the Academy Awards and Peppa Pig. That's right, Peppa Pig for you here on Kent and the Steering Team. On with this show, let's get crack-lacking. Drew, Game of Thrones, talk to me. Where are you up to? Because we're both watching it through. Um, of course, as we said on last week's episode, if you watch an episode every day since the 6th of February, you will be absolutely live or up-to-date when the new season launches in April. However, if you are like most people, it's easier to binge-watch it in a couple, couple ni- uh, a night if you wanted to. So that way you can have some nights off, or that means you can just kind of because it always ends with the cliffhanger not have to deal with the cliffhanger and i indeed right. have have taken that route i yes. just had a couple of days off and i spent a, a decent portion of it clearing my way through season one because i started a couple of days late on this 
So mm-hmm. I thought I would I would catch it up, and then I just went a little further. Couldn't <laughs> help myself. It's so funny. I, I never went back to season one after first watching it. I've like I've rewatched. Are you serious? Well, I've rewatched the first episode maybe three or four times, mm-hmm. and I might have seen a bit of episodes here and there if someone else was watching it in the room or whatever. But like I I never just sat down and went back to the beginning. I always thought I would do it just before the last season. And sure and enough, here, here we are. But yeah, I So have you yeah, have yeah. you not watched have you not gone back and, and kind of binge watched any of the seasons before? No. I've I've just watched them as they've come and I I've got a fairly good memory for this sort of thing. So it I can watch it once and I I remember pretty well everything. But it's still it's interesting how many more things you can pick up on and certainly now that we know for those of you that are up to date you're now aware of where it's going more or less we we sort of we're barreling down to the end now so we have an idea of where we're heading but even the very first episode lays every hint and every bit of groundwork for you to be prepared for where it's going Exactly, and and even obviously because it's Game of Thrones, and and if you haven't seen it before, look, I highly implore you to do it. Of course. Um, but but if if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you kind of know that from you know pop culture, people talking about it because it's it's water cooler kind of chat. Where Game of Thrones is, you know, famous for or infamous for killing off all main characters that come and go, and if you love them, they're probably going to die. And and so the fact that in the very first episode you see all these characters and and. Um, even things where they slowly mention things or just subtly mention things again, like even in the first episode or at least throughout the first season, they're still in play. Characters there or not, they're still in play right at the very end or where we are now. Mm. Um, what I also find interesting with the game with, with Game of Thrones is that it, it, and I always struggled with this, even when I first watched it, which meant that I watched the first episode about two or three times off the, the cusp is they throw you in so fast like you're supposed to understand what the hell's going on when really you have absolutely no idea what's going on. They talk about the Hand of the King and they mention so many names so fast that you're meant to know what's going on. But, yeah, it's just interesting that that that, that they, they do set things up so early on. They knew exactly where this was going from the start. Yeah. Well, the, the story always went that... You know, so many people approached him about adapting his books for years, and and he knocked them all back. And then when, um, when the two creators of the show wound up coming to him and pitching their idea to turn his series into a television series, he asked them how they thought the story would end, and if just they, to see how credible, credible, or how and, interested they were. In yeah, it. yeah, and and basically, you told them if they guessed it correct, they could make the show. And sure enough, they apparently guessed the ending. And so yeah, he gave we, them his blessing. Which is which is interesting, because George R. R. Martin, of course, did write, or write for, several television shows. He did, yeah. Yeah, he... In, that, in, that's, and he writes for Game of Thrones as well. He does one it, episode a season. Exactly. And, that, and that's why you kind of accept that what's going on. And because it's so flawless, the, um, you know, whether it's the George R. R. Martin episode or not... You, you kind of believe that, that what you're getting on screen is is accurate or legit. And, and obviously there's the people that read the books that are or were unhappy from the moment the, the books fell behind the TV show that 
oh, this isn't legit, this isn't, like, kind of accurate, this isn't probably, this is more like Hollywood now, blah, 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 that kind of thing. I, I get it, but no, I, it's still real, this is still accurate. Do you think that, do you think that having the TV show, do you think it's going to, to sap kind of purchases of the books now? I think the two can coexist. And that's what he always said. He felt that they could coexist, and that's why he was happy if the show continued on ahead of the books. He didn't think it would diminish the quality of the book in any way, and that the audience would still be there ready to read when he would release them. Because he has never been one to rush his books, and his fans have always been quite thankful for that. But it's also made them very frustrated. It well, especially if you look at the size of him and he's also the yeah, graying of his hair, I think it's only natural for those well, fans of the books to be kind of concerned about um, his lifespan, considering he's put off writing so many books in order to write so many spin-off books, instead of just cracking on and actually getting on with the right story, because... Well, he's talked he's a about books the fact behind. that he's struggling. He is struggling to, to piece it together right to a point that he's satisfied with. That's why he writes the other stuff, because he's got to fill the time when he's struggling. Yeah, but he almost needs to just kind of take a leaf out of the television show and just get on writing it. Just press it, on, it, it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is interesting how he does write them. I think we discussed this last week, how he discussed, he how he writes the books from perspectives. Yes, yes he does. Mm. So maybe like half a book or one book will be about, you know, a couple of characters' point of view and then the, the other book will be about other people's point of view and they kind of just intersect each other and go off in different, different directions, which is really cool. He's and, only, and like we mentioned last... He's mm. only got two more books to go. Like, yeah, like he's, but... He's made it very clear there are two left in the series. Uh, the problem is it sounds like he's writing them relatively concurrently and is trying to... like, trying to make them fit within each other rather than just working on one and then the next one. Hmm. I don't, I don't understand yeah. the process, but... No. Well, he also, he types one finger at a time. Yeah, he... And he writes basically on, like, one of those MDOS computers. Or MS-DOS, like one of those, you know, black and green screens where he just types like that. Ugh. I love those, yeah. but not... There's no backups. That is it. That's what there is. Yeah, he's just... I don't know. Um... Yeah. He's an odd one. He is an odd one. He's quite the odd one. Look, he, he he's doing his bit, but again, amazing TV shows. Um, that's right, the door's good. Thank you, Sarah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, look, Game of Thrones is great. Sarah, we're up to episode 8, I think. Enjoying it so far? Game of Thrones? Yeah? Enjoying all the good people dying. Not enjoying all the good people. We haven't seen any good people die so far. The dogs. Okay, the dogs. Yeah. Oh okay. no, that was, that's devastating. Look, that was that was a hard one to try and oh. get her to continue watching after the dogs. King. The king. The king died. Yeah, but the king died from natural causes or like from injury. He didn't die because he. Yeah, but they chose him opposed to like Joffrey. Just what? Do, what do you mean he died from natural causes? He got drunk. Okay, he didn't die from natural causes. He got drunk and then got stabbed by. A, a bull, from from. Uh, sorry, not a bull. Sorry, a, um, uh, a hog drunk from the wine poured by Solaris, who had only just previously 
informed Robert's brother that they should remove the king. There is yeah. the question of whether or not they put that undetectable poison in there. I don't think they did. I think I think he was just drunk when he got killed. But look, it's you know, it's it's so funny how how stable things were with King Robert there. And now just it just all turns to absolute chaos throughout oh, yeah. the Seven Kingdoms and beyond. All hell breaks loose the second he's gone. Mm. And the whole show flips itself on its head. In, where are you at? You're, you've just finished episode eight or you're about to watch eight? Yeah, we've just... Uh, I think we've... I can't remember. It's one of the... I th- the big episode's always episode seven, I think. I think we're just up to that. I think we've just finished that. So I think we've got two to go. Or eight, nine, ten, three to go. Three to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, look... I don't want to give away spoilers for those that haven't watched it, because I highly suggest nine, watching it. Nine's the turning point. Episode nine is where everything just shatters apart. And then ten... I don't know how I feel about ten. Ten's a... It, it definitely... It, it, you know the season's ended, but... It just... I remember the first time I watched it through... And I think I, I think I came to it just as the first season had, had just ended. That's when I started watching it. Yeah, so did I. That, that's, that's when I started watching it too. Yeah, because I, I remember binging season one and then waiting for season two. It's funny. I, the what I can remember is we were discussing it off, 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 um, off camera, off uh, recording. Yep. That the, so the scene that I can remember the most vividly because it's the one scene of the show that kind of made me sit down as mum, dad, and my sister and Sophia were watching it. It's the one scene that made me just, as I was walking past, stop and sit down and watch it. It was when, uh, I won't say who, but someone ended up wearing a golden crown. That's when I, uh, yeah, a golden crown. Someone that should have been unimpeded by this golden crown. That's when I started watching it. Okay. Oh, so that, that's that's what made me stop and watch it, and then yeah. So since that 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 moment, then I was like, mm, okay, maybe. Hmm. So yeah. Hmm. I just everyone was telling me about this show, and I was like, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll sit and watch it. I will sit and watch it, and sure mm. enough, I fell in love with it. It's amazing. It's a great show. Yeah. I, I I mean, I had a feeling I'd like it, but I didn't know that it would just become this behemoth that it is well what's staggering is that there's like again I'm, I'm i'm nearing the end of season one there's so much show and so many twists and turns to go to where we're up to like there is so much it, it feels so look it's 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 it feels very vanilla where it is right now like it nothing it does doesn't so it far. <laughs> yeah it's so innocent so far like everything's just like threats threats and nothing compared to what actually goes on to get to where we are do you know i was sitting there watching the first episode and all i could think of every time i saw sean bean was the old brace yourselves memes that used to do the rounds (laughs) i thought they better return in the next few weeks it's time it's time to come back brace yourselves the memes have returned oh and then oh when i when I got near the end of the season, I remembered a few more from then as well. There were just... Mm. There were so many. Ah, oh, the memes. The memes to go alongside the show. It was so weird I, my, going back. Yeah, my, my favourite one was... Uh, 
kind of remember the wildling that um, Jon Snow lays with. Oh, yes. When uh, there's a meme where she says, um, uh, tonight there's eight inches of snow, if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. Or um, or the one where they take the picture of Arya's dance instructor and give him the Princess Bride quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he oh, said, dear. I watched him say the like the actual line, and all I could think of was that the other, meme. The meme, yeah. Because the, cause the well, first half of the quote is almost identical. <laughs> well, it's de- like watching... He declares his name. <laughs> Well, it's like watching Lord of the Rings now. You can't watch the seat the moment they're talking about, you know, before they form the Fellowship, where Sean Bean again is talking, and goes, one does not simply walk into more... Like, oh, no. <laughs> you can't watch that scene without thinking of the... Me- I remember when we went to the Lord of the Rings marathon, and the yep. whole crowd cheered at that scene? I remember. <laughs> or when everyone cheered for, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> it's just... The beacons are lit! Cup. The pop culture just pop culture just ruining these, or memes are just ruining these good moments. I don't think they are though. I th- I think it enriches it, especially when yeah you know when you know when you're at a fan screening like that when and everyone's together having a giggle. I think it's good fun. Yeah. No. No. Ab- it's, absolutely. It's like how people okay. take spoons when they go to see Room. Yeah. Like it's. It takes away the gravity of the situation, but yes, it does from a fan point of view in, improve the, the situation or the, 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 the moment I think it's fun it brings people together and it's mm. certainly Game of Thrones has its fair share of bringing the fans together whether it's in love or hatred of, of these great moments we've still mm. got some crazy ones left to go I, exactly I was, I was thinking about I was thinking of some of the, the crazy and some of the weird certainly um, Ed Sheeran being in the show comes under weird oh my god that yeah, was definitely very weird the strangest musical cameo out of the several that have been in the show because I don't know what it is musicians appear in the show um, Gary Lightbody of Snow Patrol appears in an episode randomly plays a character um, one of the members of Coldplay is one of the members of the band at the Red Wedding. Really? Yeah. I'll have a look at that. It's weird. It's just, there are musicians popping up all through Westeros. Well, and also, um, Theon, Theon Greyjoy. Yep. Is the brother to... Lily Allen. Lily Allen. And he is the namesake of her hit song, Alfie. Mm. She yeah. wrote a song about her pot-smoking brother, who would go on to be in Game of Thrones, <laughs> and almost more fav- famous than she is. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Every every time I watch season one, and I watch Mark Addy playing Robert Baratheon, all I can think of is that he was Fred Flintstone. <laughs> oh, don't say that. In that r- ruined it. In in the Rock Vegas Flintstones yeah. movie. <laughs> Viva Rock Vegas, of course it is. Oh, it just, Drew, any, you just ruined it. Any time he swears, it's like, but you're Fred Flintstone. <laughs> you're not. Oh my god, oh god, that's such an awful movie, but I think I'm going to have to go and watch it. I know, it's awful, but in the best way. <laughs> yeah, oh And god. It's, it's got Thomas Gibson, who played Greg in Dharma and Greg, and he's the villain. Yeah, it does. It's weird watching it him play the bad guy. 
Oh God! Yeah, I'm gonna. Jeez, oh, now you've done it. <laughs> um, oh dear, that's all right though. Oh dear. Uh, the the Bra- other show. Brace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. The other show that we've been watching is Kath and Kim. Kimmy, Kimmy, look at me. Look at me, look at me. Now, I've got one word to say to you, Kim. Deja vu. Good girl, Kimmy. Good girl. Oh, Kath and Kim. Oh, sh- Sharon, that's my last fat free fruit. Sharon. Oh. Sharon. Sharon's first lucky. Sharon. Oh. That show is an institution. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just... It just... I still can't believe that the US tried to, did, to, to have a crack at it and just did an awful job of it. With Molly Shannon and Selma Blair, if I remember correctly. What, three people of the same family? Or well, they were the two actors that that played Kath and Kim, but I don't understand. How did... Do, it doesn't translate. Right. Why would you remake it there? The show... No, you gotta... You, you gotta find the same sort of stereotype level. Yeah. And they didn't. They just made it normal people that were just crap. It... But it just doesn't translate. It's... The whole point is that they're from Melbourne, and it just... It's a very targeted humour. Yeah, not only are they from Melbourne, but they're that real kind of, even again, upper middle bogan kind of thing. But even if they found a matching suburb of some description, that even then it doesn't translate. It, it's like the American version of Skins, which, by the way, was made in Canada. Which makes no <laughs> sense. But... It, it remember it didn't translate. I I remember watching the first episode and it was just a carbon copy that did not work. No, it's uh, it's again the first season of the U- of the US Office doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't no, just it, yeah. The, the season one of the US Office doesn't work at all. It's it makes no sense. No, it's not the same sort of or the right sort of humor. Yeah, anyway, they tried and it failed. But Kath and Kim is is an Aussie institution because it just. Uh, it just grabs and absolutely f- it frames in the Aussie kind of it's the again, larrikin the middle humor. Bo- yeah yeah it is and like the mispronouncing of words as bogans and upper middle bogan again there's a TV show called upper middle bogan yeah which again has Glenn Robbins in it I believe but um oh Glenn Robbins yeah that man's like an institution Mm, oh. absolutely he is he's already won the sick Kent of the week uh, didn't he I believe he did yeah when we're doing our top tens for TV shows our, our main man Russell Coit mm. oh. again another another Aussie institution right there but yeah Aussie shows there are so many of them like that are iconic for us but they don't necessarily translate all over the world I mean Neighbours apparently its biggest following is the UK same with Home and Away. Yeah, that's why they all come out here. Well, I, mean, the I, mean, I mean, unless unless they meet uh, a young Australian lad while while working yes, in yes, India. Yes, yes, uh, there yes. Are, yes there yes. are the rare exceptions. Mm, the rare exceptions. Otherwise, they all get on the, their planes and they fly to Melbourne. They get on the bus and they go around uh, Erinsborough, down Ramsey Street, yeah. or uh, yeah, fly to, to Sydney fly and to head Sydney. on up to Palm Beach. Oh, bless bless them but what are some other what are some other great Aussie shows one that springs to mind for me from childhood would be the ferals not the ferals the ferals Redis the rat Medicliana the cat yep 
Darren the dog. And of course, there's Mixie. Mixie. Oh. Mixed up. The, the, what is it? Mixie the muddled up. Mixed up bunny. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. What I remember is that it was always feral TV, but then they brought out the ferals, and it turned out the ferals was the original show, but just hadn't aired No, I remember years. that. No, I remember that. I remember watching the ferals first, and it, uh, the ferals first, and then they came out with feral TV, and I was like, oh, I don't like feral TV as much as the ferals. I remember feral TV first, and then the ferals appeared later. I um, and the ferals it, had had people on it. Yeah. Another great one, which Netflix bought out recently, or at least they've got the rights to broadcast it, is Round the Twist. Based on Are you serious? the brilliant. Paul Jennings novel yeah Round the Twist is on Netflix it's, it is on Netflix yeah yeah it's on Netflix get excited okay okay I'll have to go looking for that yeah it's awesome it's all on Netflix I honestly hope that they bought out the rights to readapt it can you imagine if they really? made it again mm. part of the joy of it is that it is kind of it is such it's a product of its time yeah, I mean, it's so bizarre. It's so strange. How did, the hell is that a kid's show? Did you ever read the book? No. I remember, I read the book for some school project when I was in, like, year two or year three or something. And it was more twisted than the show ever got. Really? Because the it show was, got pretty messed up. It was weird. Like, like really. I But I used to love reading Paul Jennings and Morris Gleitzman books. Th- those things were just yeah i I had a couple of them like undone uh it was that aussie yeah uncanny Mm. i remember uncanny that was a big one but they had the aussie humor twisted in with these weird dark stories but round the twist Mm. was just something else um do you remember the wayne manifesto of course i remember the wayne manifesto With, with, with that weird theme song yep that sticks in my head that is an earworm that thing i will be randomly doing something in my day and that Wayne will just play in my head Wayne something 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 said a Wayne there it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. or just those random moments in the show where something good would happen to him and then you'd hear his voiceover go but that bit's a lie Oh, I, I just remember they had lots and lots of toilets in the house they just moved into because they didn't have any furniture. Yep. And that, that creepy girl next door put the uh, blue paint on the phone and he had blue on his ear for some reason. I remember the final moment of the final episode where something good happened to him and, and the voiceover snaps in and goes, but that bit's not a lie. And that's how the show ended. Aww. It's like It was like something good happened and it was real. <laughs> Finally. I remember that kid was also on um, Ocean Girl or something like that. He was, and then he went on to win Young Australian of the Year for some environmental work or something later on. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's good Good for him. He was on He was on the, the George Negus talk show one night talking about it. <laughs> oh, whatever happened to George Negus? He went to Channel 10. He randomly... He used to appear on the project, or the 630 project, or whatever it used to be called. And then... Suddenly, they he got so popular with the youths that he got his own own TV show on Channel Ten, and then that just failed, and then he disappeared. Oh, Probably retired. Probably. <laughs> I remember oh, Aussie shows. Do you remember Horace and Tina on Channel Ten? No. 
that was a no. we- that was another weird one. It was a what's Florentina? It was these two like troll-looking elf things that were that were done with puppets that lived in the in the basement of some girl's house in Melbourne or Brisbane or something. No, I have absolutely no idea. I remember it was the bookworm. Really weird. Oh, the the book place. Oh, the book place, and then there was there was also that one that was about. It's like a math show, and this alien that lived in this swamp or something like that. I don't know. Oh, the bunyip. I don't know. It was the bunyip. Okay. The bunyip. Yeah, the one that the one that randomly played in the middle of for the juniors on ABC, and it was the guy yeah, maybe. the guy hosting with the bunyip, and he was a weird, fucking weird puppet that would help solve maths equations that would randomly pop up on yeah. the screen. Yes. I remember it. Oh, right. Mr. Squiggle, of course, who is celebrating an anniversary this year, and as a result, the Australian Mint has just announced in the last two days that we're getting Mr. Squiggle commemorative $2 coins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that. I saw that, I saw that article. It's very exciting. Love yeah, Mr. Mr. Squiggle. Squiggle. I, I remember Mr. Squiggle from my childhood. I think I was the mm. last. I think we were the last generation with Mr. Squiggle. We were. We ah. Uh, they brought him back briefly. Years later, but very, like very briefly, it didn't stick. I think we were the last generation. No, at least the last generation to enjoy Mr. Squiggle. Mm. Or what else was there? Oh, Lil Elvis Jones and the Truck Stoppers. I can't go wrong without with a little bit of Lil Elvis Jones. Um, I was so hooked on that show. Yeah, I did. That was a great show. Uh, And of course, there was uh, Jeannie from Down Under. Yes, there was. Remember Jeannie from Down Under and had the same kid, Phil, that was on um, Saddle Club? I didn't watch the Saddle Club. I I did. I had two older sisters. I watched the Saddle Club. I have a younger sister. I dodged it. (laughs) That's lucky. I had to bloody watch that crappy Canadian Australian (laughs) abomination. Ugh. Um, but yeah, Ginny from Down Under. Ginny from Down Under was a great show. That was a good show. Remember, really strange. I remember but... that one. Ginny oh. from Down Under. Do you remember Cartoon Connection? No. So before the Big Breakfast, which was then um, followed by the Big Arvo, there was Cartoon Connection with Agro. Right. That's where Agro started from. I remember That's Agro where... from. I remember Agro from Blind Dates or something like that. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, like some show like that, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Well, Agro got his start on Agro's Cartoon Connection. That used to have um, Teresa Livingston as the host for years. Um, I think even Shelley hosted for a little while, Shelley Craft. Yes, she did. Before she made the leap over to Saturday Disney. Oh, Saturday Disney, another institution? Yes, of course love Saturday Disney. Does that still exist? Um, I don't know. I don't think I so. I think it might have seven two. For those of you that listen to our show enough, you know that we have a deep love of Saturday Disney. <laughs> I, I still know the, the postal address. <laughs> Say it. Saturday Disney, letter of the week, locked bag 8777, Eastwood, New South Wales, 2122. And on the back, please remember to include your name, age, address, and telephone number. And please, of course, take a photo of your things that you send us, because unfortunately, we can't send them back to you. No. No. 
It's like the well it's like the competition line for Cheese TV. One no no two triple five six five five. Cheese TV. Cheese TV. Yeah. And in and in, in the box with the Bop. Bop the <laughs> weirdest puppet whose voice suddenly changed and it became really creepy and bizarre. Oh. It went from being like a nice sweet little puppet to being like, Hello, I am Bop. Ugh. Or um Totally Wild, of course. Ah, uh, yes, that, that fantastic theme song. Which we love to pump the rave mix of frequently. <laughs> mm, of course. And then there were shows like even Backyard Blitz and Ground Force. I know oh. Ground Force is a spin-off of a UK version, but I remember one of the houses on my street had Backyard Blitz there. Backyard Blitz. Do you rem- mm. uh, My favourite episode was when they decided to do a little ninja parody thing in the middle of it called Rackyard Ritz. <laughs> and they full went in black and white and just had them sneaking up on each other doing ninja moves. Oh, yeah. Just for the... That would never... Just for the that'd never be allowed anymore. Oh, it would never fly now. But of course, then there was, there was the house renovation shows. Lo- like, uh... Location, room for location, improvement. Room for improvement. Location, location. Hot property, hot auction. Changing rooms. Changing rooms, which is now back on Channel 10, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. I saw an ad for it the other day. <gasps> yes! Yeah, uh, I don't think it'd be as shit as it used to be. I don't think they'll have Peter Everett ruining people's lives. No, I um, love Peter Everett. <laughs> just ruining everything. Put him back uh, on Ready Steady Cook. He was the best yeah, host. He was the best host. Or when, or when he was on the ice skating reality show, Skating and on Thin Ice. And he fell over <laughs> He did. But then he stayed for the rest of the season to motivate the rest of the team. <laughs> and, then they, and then they tracked his recovery as a side story. <laughs> He's the worst person. Oh, Pete Everett. I think he aged better, though. Like, he mellowed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He almost became a cartoon of himself. A caricature of himself. We can't forget the Crocodile Hunter. No, exactly. And then, of course, Crikey. And, of course, then there is All Ozzy Adventures, as we mentioned earlier. But, of course, the parody of Crocodile Hunter. Oh... It's time either Dr. Harry or Harry's Practice. The animals of Harry's Practice. <laughs> That's, that song just reminds me of Weekends. <laughs> it does. Oh, and, and uh, Sydney Weekender with um, Mike Whitney. Oh, uh, Mike, Mike Whitney, yeah. yeah. Good day, Sydney. Good day, Sydney. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Whitney here, yeah. <laughs> Ernie Dingo. I'll, on, see, um, I'll see you somewhere in the great outdoors. I still remember the original theme song to Great Outdoors. That was a great theme song. Yeah, before they um, they sped it up and made it all weird. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I still remember the Sydney Weekender music. Oh, do, do you remember the other one Mike Whitney hosted? Gladiators. No, do you remember the other one he hosted? Who um, dares? Who, who dares wins? Dares, who dares wins? Yes. I remember an episode where they, had to, they got someone to scale the top of the tower building in North MC- Sydney. They also got someone to climb the light stack at MCG. Jeez. <laughs> and there'd be, um, oh. what was her name? Tanya Zayeda going yep. around with 50 bucks, just helping people win 50 bucks by doing like little challenges. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Bring oh, it back. Mike. Bring the good I love that. Back. I still remember during my last years of high school, they, Channel 7 brought it, up, brought it back and just replayed the old episodes on like, Yep. As afternoon television, like four thirty or something like that. It was great. Or um, again. escape with ET. 
with Andrew oh. Eddinghausen just yeah, just fishing. God. Huey's cooking adventures oh, with his crappy kind of puns and <laughs> sayings and stuff, and him him with his his uh, suspenders. Oh, I, I used to love the sound of him smashing his spoon against the metal bowls. I used to yes. love that sound. <laughs> and it was also great that he had a show called Huey's Cooking Adventures, which was always set in his kitchen. And then he had a show where he was always out and about called Huey's Kitchen. Yep. It didn't make sense. They're just like, why did they do that? I love that Ridiculous. he did it, though. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. We've had great television. We, we, we're truly very, very lucky growing up because mm. I, I look at this, everyone's talking about some weird controversy with this show Married at First Sight, right? Or as everyone now refers to it because maths. they're lazy. Maths. How lazy are we? Like, it's disgusting. Who speaks maths. like that? No, I know. And, oh. oh, then there's... Um... Uh, My Kitchen Rules which goes on for about 16 years a season no I refuse to watch it I will not do it it's I, so addictive I, you can't no nah, nah, give me MasterChef any day I love MasterChef there's just something classy about it that My Kitchen Rules does not have no exactly it just ugh no nah. I don't like reality television that much just certain ones are good Ah, the co- I, cooking I, shows. I love, I love reality TV though. I'm just a sucker for it. But quality reality, reality yeah. TV. Well, the um, one of my guilty pleasures in there is I'm a celebrity. It just, it's so funny. <laughs> I haven't seen an episode of it. I don't think ever. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode. The Aussie one is so good purely because of the hosts. Yeah, fair enough. Just the two of them absolutely steal that show. And I think I think Ted knows it. They pay them the big bucks to keep them there. Well, that's that's why they're doing other shows. They're doing um, Dancing with the Stars and stuff like that now. Yeah, oh, mm. they're they're a winning pair, the two of them. Hmm. Ah, oh, dear. Australian television. Um, Mister Drew, what was one of those other topics you had to discuss? I had a few. Um, one that was interesting was the Peppa Pig one. Apparently, yeah. Well, apparently. Parents in the United States are under the impression that their children are starting to speak with a British accent purely because of Peppa Pig. Well, I'm sure if you if your kids watch enough Peppa Pig, I'm sure they would start to develop an American accent. Parents have taken to social media to share stories of their toddlers developing British accents. The phenomenon has been dubbed the Peppa Effect. <laughs> I, I personally, I love this purely because... We have spent years with people going, oh, our children are growing up in American accents because they're watching American shows. I don't and now care. an American couple are saying that their kids are having British accents for watching Peppa Pig. This is so funny. It's full circle, almost. Dad Sylvester Cabajani, good, good American name, mm-hmm. said, my four-year... My four-year baby girl loves watching Peppa Pig, and I have noticed her accent and grammar is extraordinary. Last night, I tucked her to sleep, and she looks at me and says, Daddy, can you snuggle me? I was like, what did you just say, baby girl? I don't remember the last time I used that word. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig did it. Peppa Pig. Well, it's like I used to, as a child, say... 
trash can and I used to think the name Bob was Bob because of Sesame Street. Bob. Bob. Yeah. But we grew yeah. up with Bob the Builder. No, I didn't. I didn't really grow up with Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder was quite late in our childhood and it was long after Sesame Street. And Sesame where, Street got in there first. Is that where you were hearing Bob? Yeah, Bob. Sesame Street. Yeah, of course. Bob. Yeah. Never had that. Ruined it. My my granddad's mm. name was Bob, so I never, I never had that. No, you avo- yeah, you avoided that. <laughs> yeah, Bob. Bob. I don't know. Oh, I, I th- the biggest problem I remember as a kid was that we would all watch Sesame Street and we would all hear them say the letter Z, and then we would have our teachers poo pooing mm-hmm. on it, going, "Oh, you all watch Sesame Street and they tell you the wrong thing. It's pronounced Z." Yeah, Z. I don't understand why there's a difference to that. Why isn't it just Z? Well, Z is faster anyway. Z is faster. Z is correct. Um, Z is in old English grammar is technically correct. But what I find interesting is that you know over the years they've given up on it and now they just say Z in schools here as well. Really? They don't really bother to enforce it anymore. That's a bit sad. It is. We've gotten lazy. It's. It's deeply saddening to just see how lazy we're getting mm. oh my god I didn't know that I, like I love English I really love English and it just it, I don't like seeing us reduced to that point no laziness yeah that's a bit sad very frustrating um, the internet has said goodbye to the Mars rover opportunity oh dear Tell me, tell me more. Yeah, for 15 years now, NASA's Mars rover Opportunity has been exploring the uncharted regions of Mars. But in mid-2018, they stopped receiving transmissions from the rover and began to fear it may have been finally gone for good. On Wednesday afternoon, NASA will announce if its final attempt to contact the rover was successful or not. It's unlikely the space agency will hear anything back from the robot nearly 34 million miles away. And at that time, they will announce the end of the mission. So that's... 34 million miles, that's a long way. It is. You know, I, I, I couldn't sleep last night. Um, between the heat and a bad back, I, I was up awake till quarter past seven this morning. And wow. that's when I was reading this. And it, it actually got me just curious. And I wound up, for the first time ever, I went to SpaceX's website. Mm. I've never been. Have you? No, I've never been on SpaceX's website at all. It could be the last remaining interesting website. Do you remember when, back before smartphones, when you would sit at the computer to go and find interesting things on websites? Mm. It is an interesting website filled with interesting information. Didn't you tell? I sat there and read page after page after page about what SpaceX has already done, what they're currently working on, and what they are working toward. It is incredible. It is so much more than than we think, or or even like just for people that don't actually look into it. I mean, we hear the rumblings, but they are full on testing for us to be. Um, using space flight just to travel the the globe the same way virgin, virgin are doing yeah. virgin galactic spacex are doing their own version which looks like it'll actually beat out virgins 
that, that's I didn't know they were that, were that they were that fast. Well, that's that, fantastic. That you can travel from to most major cities from another major city within half an hour, and that you can travel to anywhere on the planet within an hour. Oh my god! And and they have full diagrams. They have explanations. They have videos that show how it would function. It is really detailed, like, and and it's efficient. And they explain it in a way that doesn't get too caught up in the science of it, but still allows you to understand perfectly well. Hmm. Then, of course, there's the information about their planned colonization of Mars. Mm. Which they're going full steam ahead with, and intend to send the first... um, I'm not sure if they, they intend for it to be the first manned trip, but certainly the first flight to send provisions to Mars is aimed for 2022 and then for another, yeah, that's right. another ship to go in 2024 that's right they were going to send stuff first and then send people and it was a one way trip that was the thing it was almost a re- not, like a, not a reality TV show but they were going to try and make it a competition kind of thing yeah but it's incredible like the, the amount of planning and detail that's going into this I, I mean I know they sent that vehicle off into space recently that was heading to mars wasn't it yes the, but i think weird, it's way off course the weird car yeah the uh the the um tesla roadster yeah but i think it's way off course and it's not going to head anywhere near mars it's going to head off into space now that's odd mm. interesting but odd mm. yeah 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 i think it's yeah it's going to miss mars but yeah it, interesting it's very interesting that they've done that but yeah, I for those of you that have never been to the SpaceX website, go have a look. It could be one of the last remaining genuinely interesting websites around the internet. And I think that's a, a great hot tip for you. There you go, a Kent and the Steering Team hot tip. Um, go to SpaceX's website for interesting stuff. It's on just the cool, and the fact <laughs> that it's becoming a reality. I, I'm personally, I'm more interested in the. Um, in the travel around the planet than the traveling to Mars. I just mm. think, I, th- yeah, I, that's, I think, that's, that's I think we should achieve what we can achieve here on the home front first. And I think that that's a big achievement if we can actually change the way we travel around the, around the planet. It, it would be, but it would also make the world feel even smaller and more claustrophobic. Yes and no. It, it would mm. be what it would be. Yeah, true, true. I'd be Good very point. interested in it. Um, the other thing that's popped up. The Academy Awards. Now, for those of you mm-hmm. that ever have sat through and watched the ceremony, it goes for a good three hours, right? Mm-hmm. It goes on. It goes on. The Academy has decided this year, in addition to the fact that they can't actually secure a host for the show, they've decided that even without a host, they're still going to trim the show a little bit and they're going to present some awards during the commercial break. Some of these awards include cinematography, editing, and hair and makeup. Now, I don't quite understand the logic, as many other people are struggling to understand it as well. If you don't have cinematography, you literally don't have a movie. Mm. You don't have anything, because who's filmed it? No one. And without editing, you don't have a story. 
not a cohesive one. You, have, you, you, you have, have crap. Yeah, you, you have a bit of film or, or files or whatever. You don't have anything. Hair and makeup. Now, I, I, I kind of understand this and then I kind of don't because hair and makeup has been a crucial element to film and the industry from day one. Why yeah, when things it? were black, and, when things were black and white, they used to have to pick specific colors to look good on TV. Exactly, or on screen. Didn't necessarily mean it was the exact color, but they had to find a way to give off that impression. Yeah. So why are these awards being presented during the ad break? Why? Sure, there's something else that could be presented during the ad breaks, or at least not do it at all. Best live action documentary short subject. Put that in the bloody ad break. Who yeah, no one gives a shit about cares? that at all. I'm sorry, I know that the, there are many out there that adore that category, but really. No, it doesn't matter. Compared to, compared to something like cinematography or editing, I, they're too significant. It's, they're too significant. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. I I would sit through a six-hour ceremony, and I and I think they've they've never understood this. They want to bring in the viewership, and they want to bring in this, that, and the other on the telecast, and they keep freaking out that the numbers are dropping every year, and the people aren't watching it. But do you know what they neglect to do every year? They neglect to actually cater to the people that do like it, because maybe if they catered toward the people that are film enthusiasts or just love their movies and made something special for them they would bring in more viewers they would bring in the people that would generally like to trash the academy for all they're worth yeah it ends up just being like a, an attempt at being humorous or something like that for three hours and it just gets boring that kind of thing it just doesn't work you know everyone trashed that year that um, James Franco and Anne Hathaway hosted mm-hmm. but I swear they were very entertaining. They were terrible, but they were spectacular about it. That's what counts. It was great. Like I, <laughs> I thought it was fun. I like the idea that they stumbled, or or they they brought class a few years ago when they let Seth MacFarlane host. Dangerous mm-hmm. thing to do. Very it was dangerous. So awesome. The fact that he did a song called "We Saw Your Boobs," which highlighted all the women sitting in the crowd and when they had exposed themselves in the name of film <laughs> he made them all so yeah. awkward it was wonderful oh, dear. although he did do something very cool he actually did a song and dance number that had him joined on stage by Daniel Radcliffe and Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm-hmm. yep. that's yep, still yep, one yep, of my yep, all time yep. favourite Academy Award moments because Seth MacFarlane's very multi-talented he is Yes, he he did a duet with Barbara Streisand for one of her albums. He's also got his own album as well, a couple of albums, I think. Yeah, they sang "Pure Imagination" together. Wow, I could go and listen to that. It is so good. Oh, they are very talented, but I just I don't understand. And thankfully, the cinematography community has fought back quite vehemently at it and as such so have a great many filmmakers Guillermo del Toro was one that um, that felt the need to make a statement on Twitter just the other day he went ahead and said if I may I would not presume to suggest what categories to cut during the Oscars show but 
Cinematography and editing are at the very heart of our craft. They are not inherited from a theatrical tradition or a literary tradition. They are cinema itself. And I think that's very true. Mm. It doesn't exist without these two categories. Why on earth would you put them into the ad break? Yeah, they deserve their time in the front and center. In the light. Do you reckon it'll get to reverse? I hope so. Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino and other filmmakers have all penned an open letter to the Academy um, calling for the decision to be reversed. We'll see what happens. It's just disgusting. They should really think about the way they do this. I I, I don't understand. Like They're going to hold these awards whether they broadcast it on television or not why don't they look at new means of broadcasting why don't they broadcast um online through their website instead of on television who who broadcasts it? it's abc so it's disney disney essentially owns the award ceremony show why doesn't disney find a better way to broadcast it well they, they may when they have their streaming streaming service they could they have the potential to will they though doubt it <clears throat> um, remains to be seen we'll see what happens back back to the um the nasa opportunity mm-hmm. rover did you hear what its last message was no get your tissues ready the last message that it sent home was my battery is low and it's getting dark oh i know well actually drew on that topic i think it's i think it's time we we uh, head to our Sikkent of the Week. I think so, too. And on that, I'd like to give it to Opportunity. I I believe that is very fitting. No, Opportunity. Oh, dear. Hopefully it comes back to life. We don't think so. But, uh, look, it served us well. It's done a fantastic job for NASA. And on that sad message, my battery's low and it's getting dark. That's tragic. So I think you get, you get it this week. Well done, Opportunity. Well, well done. Well done, Opportunity. Ah... Oh dear. And now it comes the time, Drew. It comes a very important time. It's the time where I wish you happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yes, of course, because this episode's going out on a Friday. So thank you very much, Drew. I appreciate that. Um, DJ Quads is... What? Two weeks ago, we were in a similar situation. (laughs) Yeah, it was your turn. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I'm, I'm firing up DJ Quads now. Oh. Uh, I, I'm getting it out of the way. Yep, yep. Drew, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Philip. Have a wonderful Til- birthday. Thank you. Till we meet again. Indeed. Yep. Yeah.